welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi, and welcome to the Well Life Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All, with me, Liberty. And hello, it's me, Kat. Hi, Kat. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> so Still we had, here. I know. Um, what, did you, what were your thoughts on the announcement when they sort of went through it again, didn't they? Yeah, um... It was kind of what I was expecting, you know, the key thing, what they keep saying, baby steps. But it doesn't really change anything for me. No, I just feel not. like I don't really want to, I just want to stay at home anyway. There are people in my life who I want to keep protected, so I don't yeah. really go out that much anywhere. And I had been going out much less than I could have done anyway, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I've been carefully walking the dogs Every time I needed to buy something, James was already going out and about to work, so he was picking stuff up for me. And um, I haven't been—I haven't actually been in a in a shop to buy food, or I haven't—I don't remember the last time I left the house apart from to walk a dog. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I I do freak out when I when I have a little look online at the news and I see how many people just jumped on the train and and you know fully went for it yesterday morning because i'm so worried about that being a second wave rammed wasn't it when i saw pictures of the jubilee line it was yeah that was quite sort of oh that's quite scary yeah and and sort of all social distancing once they're on the train is just is just gone it it, it, it's sardines well Um, today i think they've said like they've got to face the other way oh have they yeah which i thought was that's quite tricky and how long will that really last yeah, I think um, the thing that's really interesting is is the school stuff because I just don't see how it's I don't see how it's going to work at all. My <laughs> sister in law works in a school and she's uh, she went in to look after some key worker kids and uh, she said there were only three of them there, but um, she was assisting a teacher and she said even with two two of two staff and three kids, the kids just. They, it's not it's not in the forefront of their mind so she said as soon as they need something they come up and they reach and they touch you and she said one of them was you know wanted to sit in her lap and and she said because they're kids your nurturing nature is the first thing to come to you before yeah. you think oh stop step back kind of thing um yeah. she said so goodness knows how you're gonna do it with 15 kids in the room um yeah. all wanting to touch that. each other yeah so it's- i mean i really honestly i mean if most people can and if you got given the choice, you'd go back in September, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, and I, my son was a little bit, well, I don't know who was more gutted, actually, because, you know, they said reception year one and then year six. And my son yeah. was year six, and he was like, woohoo! He was really excited, actually. My daughter was like, what? But, you know, just like, that's quite weird. And also, I felt, as much as you know that if everybody did, it's that kind of thing, but I also felt a little bit uncomfortable as well with that. I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that really you know but then I don't know it's that's just hearsay really at the moment isn't it so yeah we just don't know we just it's all speculation isn't it I think it's really I I think people need to work and I understand people need money and it's really sad um some people haven't got work to go back to and 
you know, so many industries will be just uh, obsolete because there's no need for so many things that people were spending all their money on before. Nobody really has any money. Some people have no income, no jobs. Everything's changed so much that mm-hmm. um, obviously we need to get the, the, the economy back on it, back off its knees. But um, um, it's just so weird. It's so weird, even like flicking through my camera roll on my phone and thinking a couple of months ago, life was so different. We couldn't have cared less and, and, and how quickly it's changed. And it's, it's really sad. It's really sad, sadder for some than others. I still feel very blessed, obviously. Um, but I just need everybody to get out of my house. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know that bit is, um, I don't know. It's, it's all right. It's all right. I think it's just, you've got to go with the wave, haven't you? It's just the way it is. I think I had a moment on Saturday because nobody can flush the loo. Oh my God. Use the lever, pull it down. Because <gasps> if I find anything else in the toilet, I'm going to go crazy. I mean, I had that on Saturday. I literally was mulling along. I have my housework day. Hit the second. Firstly, I was like, ah! Why, why can't you just flush the toilet and, and who goes to the toilet and doesn't use any toilet roll? <laughs> just like, yeah. Explaining well, all your toilet habits. I can't stand. And then I got to the second lead and that was it. I was like, like, dumped all my bits and I was like, that is Get up there and clean your own toilet, you know. Oh my God. And yeah. they're done. They're, they're 11 and 9. Flush. <laughs> No, they must be in such a rush to do other stuff. They just just relieve and then run. I just don't get it. If there's no new role, you know it's a boy, don't don't you? Uh, I don't know. I can't even. Marnie, nine. God love her. Gorgeous girl. (laughs) She hates to shower. (laughs) Shower. (laughs) Wash Wash yourself. Whereas Max, totally. You know, you're learning all their habits, but it's like. Again, what you don't realise sometimes is that you are standing at the door going, brush your teeth, get in the shower, flush, wash your hands. Yeah. You know, every time they go to the toilet, I find myself screaming, flush the toilet, wash your hands, get back in, wash your hands. I know, they should. That's not because of coronavirus, because you're meant to. Yeah, you think that by their ages, might do the same, you'd think that they would just be natural instincts, but, but no. 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 But let's talk about something much nicer with somebody much nicer. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we've got a lovely guest today. We've got Lindsay Edwards with us today. Lindsay is personal stylist and owner of Reimagize. Hello, Lindsay Edwards. Hello. Thank you both so much for having me. How are you? I'm good. good. How are you? <laughs> really good, thank you. Yeah, Have really any well. Any problems? Um, yes. Absolutely. We moved house last year into a, um, a cottage that we're doing up. So we're very busy doing that, but it only has one toilet. <laughs> and I have a husband, a fourth, well, nearly 14 year old boy and a 10 year old boy. Oh, but not get wow. any better by 14. No, <laughs> no. I wish I could say there's light at the end of that tunnel, but unfortunately not. Oh, oh no! So disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that is a shame. Actually, that uh, yeah, my yeah. my my dad comes around sometimes, and he's just as bad. 
Sorry, Daddy. <laughs> I think it's a man thing. Oh, it's just disappointing. Disappointing. <laughs> Lindsay, you are very interesting, mostly because you are in a new job now. But something we really admire about you is that you are a lady with some guts. So um, your story is interesting and inspiring because you're doing something that you didn't enjoy and you had a little bit of a, I don't know what you'd call it, an epiphany, a wake up, a, a realization where you decided that you wanted to do something new. And we think that um, you should share your story just to give us a little bit of background on you because we'd enjoy okay. it. We think our listeners well too. Okay. Um, so I... After having my first son, so bearing in mind he's nearly 14 years old now, it was quite a while ago, um, I was 21 when I had him, so I was relatively young, and I was just so blown away by being a mum, so in love, and just wanted mm. to spend every moment with him. So after maternity leave finished, I uh, retrained at that point as a childminder, so I could be at home with him. And I did that for several years until he started preschool. And I followed him. I was a bit of a stalker mum, actually. I followed <laughs> him to preschool where I started running the before and after school clubs there. And in the meantime, I had my second son, who's 10 now. And then when they were a little bit older and they'd started school, it was still really important to me, although I wasn't around with them during the day, I still wanted to do the school run. I still wanted to drop them off and pick them up. And I still wanted the school holidays with them. So I started working at a local college where I organised all the work placements for the students and I was an assessor there right up until about a year ago. Um, I loved working in education. I didn't go into it just to fit around my children. I've always, you know, always loved being around children. I've got quite a sort of nurturing side to me. So it, it felt a really, really good fit with home life. And I even went on to do a open university degree in education throughout the time that I was working as a childminder and preschool and at the college. It was quite long studying part-time. I think it's about an eight-year qualification that oh. I did, to be honest, oh. degree. Yeah. So I really went for it. <laughs> I was really, really, um, you know, I think the eight years would have gone, I would have gone, no. <laughs> I know. And that alone, juggling that with, you know, marriage and home life and work, it took a lot of my energy and I was really dedicated and committed to doing that. But really, I was probably doing it for convenience and fit around my children. And I think that's something that a lot of mums possibly fall into a little bit of a trap of, you know, perhaps they're not the breadwinner. I wasn't. So my husband had his job. So really, for me, it was just finding part time work that fitted around the children. But actually, that, that limits you quite a lot what you can do. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, how many hours was that course? It was a full honours degree. Wow. Oh my yeah. Working. So when were you studying? Evenings and weekends. But when you put the kids to bed? Yeah. Yeah, and I'd be up writing essays and I was going to Saturday school to oh other local God. college. Yeah, it was really, really full on. Did you have no impact from your relationship? With your Did it have an impact? Yeah. 
my husband is hugely supportive and I think he's very kind of accepting that when I do something, I like to do it really, really well. Yeah. And if I set my mind to something, then I like to see it through. There was no way I was going to start the degree and not finish it. Absolutely fine if people do. Um, it would have saved me an awful lot of time studying if I'd had the realisation a little bit earlier. You know, it's one of those things where I'm really proud I did it. I got so much from it, so many transferable skills from it. Yeah. And actually, it was good for my children to see that mum still works. I think mm. lifelong education is a really important thing. Yeah. And because I was a young mum, I didn't want my brain to go to sleep. I still wanted to feel as though I was moving forwards in a career. I still kind of wanted that driving force and still to be learning, but it, it just wasn't the right career for me. Were you enjoying it while you were studying? I love studying. Right. I really, really enjoyed that. I think that makes it a lot easier. I mean, there's some people that just, you know, can't bear writing and studying and reading and that's that you know people are so different and if that's not your bag that's absolutely fine but it really is for me I felt um, a real kind of sense of achievement I suppose by doing the right. studying and that I could apply it in the work that I was doing but obviously it was really good fit at the time. Were you like that at school were you really good at studying at school? I, yeah, well, yes and no. I would say yes. Perhaps my parents would disagree. Um, I went to an all-girls school, a private school, and the, it was very kind of academic driven, and there was very much a sense of you just knuckle down and got on with it. There was no messing about in the classrooms. There was no, none of this, um, society can sometimes be a little bit funny for possibly maybe more boys, but definitely girls as well, of being geeks or being nerdy or being studious, where the environment that I went to school, that wasn't the case. It was really encouraged and, you know, people, that was just the way it was. Everybody just worked very, very hard. Mm, that's good. I wish my kids were like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mine aren't. <laughs> boys, <laughs> again. Boys and toilets, boys and concentration. <laughs> exactly. So you were doing all of this and then I think when we talked, you talked about um, a moment in your life which was both scary, um, made you anxious, but also made you turn everything on its head. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, uh, unfortunately we had three family members die within very close succession. It could have been 12 months, 18 months. I'm not sure of the exact time frame looking back. But it was, it was all through cancer. We're a very close family. And this was all on my dad's side. And it really, really shook our family to the core. I think when something like that happens, you just realise how short life is. Mm -hmm. Because it was three members within the same family, it almost felt a little bit, who's next? Yeah. And it just reminds you that just time isn't promised to you. Life is too short. None of them had reached retirement age, mm. although a couple of them were close. And work takes up such a huge part of your life. It just brought it home to me that how sad is it to spend such a massive proportion of your life doing something that doesn't fill you with joy, being in a job where perhaps you've done it out of convenience and yes you've had 
times where you have enjoyed the work, but ultimately you actually feel a little bit trapped. So it was shortly after that, and I was really anxious at that time. It really made me assess, you know, what's important in life, what isn't important in life. You know, work is something that I knew was not for me, but I'd gone down this path so far with it because I'd done the degree, because I put so much time and energy into this career path. I felt a little bit like if I stop, have I wasted my time? Has it all mm -hmm. been for nothing? Are people perhaps going to be a little bit disappointed that, you know, I was going down a certain path and then I'm backing out of it? When I started kind of reassessing my life, because it, you know, the situation made me start to think a little bit deeper about myself. I knew that I was really very, I was very, very lucky. I was really happy, but well, I say was, I still am very happy in my relationship. We've been married 13 years this summer and we've been together since I was 17 years old, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, really long time. Very, very long time, <laughs> but a lovely long time. <laughs> <laughs> So I knew I was really, really happy in my marriage. You know, as I said, I've got two boys who are just little horrors, but utter delights in the same way. They're, I knew I was happy with my marriage. I knew I was happy with home life. It was, I knew at that point, it was absolutely the work that was just not ticking that box. And if I had a magic wand, that was the thing that I really needed to change. So somebody recommended a book to me called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And if you haven't read it, you need to. It absolutely is a book that completely changed my life. It was just incredible. So the book encourages you to get up an hour earlier than you normally would each morning. It's tricky. <laughs> well, what time I'm is that then? With you. Well, we were usually setting you the alarm at <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning and I would often snooze the alarm several times as well. I was just resisting getting up and that's quite a sad thing really to not want to get up for your day in the morning. But I was snoozing my alarm, we were oversleeping and then there was this, this chaos for the morning ahead, you know, going off to the school run and we've all just kind of thrown the clothes together, thrown a breakfast together, managed to get out the door. And it's just such a, a kind of negative start to the day. So I started getting up an hour earlier. So I'd set my alarm for six o'clock in the morning and I would just get up. I wouldn't snooze my alarm at all. And it's your hour for the day. So it's your chance to kind of go and get that cup of coffee in the morning, to sit down on the sofa, to put a blanket over you and just have that little bit of time for yourself. And because it's such an enjoyable time, that first hour, it might be the only hour that you get that day to yourself. Getting out of bed is actually quite easy because you don't want to cut short that hour of your time. It's getting into that mindset though as well, isn't it? Of knowing that that hour is yours because of, um, what, what was it about that book that really made you do it? Because there's all sorts of messages like this around. What yeah. was the way that he kind of wrote it to make you feel like, right, I'm going to really take hold of this now? Um, I listened to it on audio. A lot of the books I listen to are on audio and he's reading his own story. So I think perhaps the way that he reads it is very engaging because he's talking about himself. 
also what he goes through and where his story starts. He's in a horrific car accident and he loses his job. He loses his fiance at the time. He was absolutely at rock bottom. So I think that from a starting point, although, you know, what had happened within our family was also absolutely awful. I still had my movement. I still had my other half. I still had work. My own starting point was in a better position than his starting point had been. I think I just, I just found him very engaging the way he talked about everything. The fact that you're almost with him on his discovery of, the rituals that he puts into place throughout the book. He tries and tests a few different ways to try and improve his mindset through various recommendations from his friends and very few of them have any impact. So really the miracle morning that Howell wrote is his own discovery of these certain rituals, I suppose you could call them, that had such an effect on him and then as he started talking about it, there's a whole Facebook group set up towards it where all these people have started doing it because they think to begin with, well, I've got nothing to lose. If I get up an hour earlier mm-hmm. each day, it's not costing anything. I'm not investing anything. I, it's what have I got to lose other than having an extra hour for the day? Yeah. When I was researching you and you talked about the book, I was like, this is what I need. Now, I know um, the, the listeners can't see me, but you know I sort of looked at you like, oh God, getting up an hour early. I'm the yeah. opposite of Pat who gets up super early and I'm super lazy. So I looked up the book and I looked up all the reviews on the book as well. And I think with what Kat was saying, why did you choose How Elrod as well? So many reviews have said there are, you know, thousands of different people offering these kinds of rituals um, and and keys to life but the way that he has put them together and the simplicity and the message and that everybody says if you're going to choose one this is the one so what you're saying makes sense based on what I was reading about him I I've ordered it (laughs) so I'm Because I thought, when I just, I read about you, I was like, right, I'm getting this. Because it sounds exactly what I need, basically. And weirdly enough, this morning, normally I lie around in bed because my daughter gets up really late and I'm homeschooling her at the moment. My son is being homeschooled on Teams. But I normally lie around till she wakes up. But this morning, for the first time, I got up without her, came downstairs. And I did spend an hour on my own. And I haven't done that for a few weeks now. And I was like, why the heck don't I do this more? So it's so weird to speak to you. And I loved it. I was like, God, it's so nice to not have her saying, can you make me this? Can you get me that? When do, how long is homeschooling going to take? Do I have to do maths today? Do I have? And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's so peaceful. And I'm actually seeing some, some sunshine in the morning. And oh, there's no dogs barking. And, and I was like, this is really nice. This is really nice. It's such, um, a, it's such a treat. And it puts you in such a good mindset. So yeah. by the time that your daughter does wake up at the usual time, you've already had your coffee, you've already had your hour, you've already perhaps had yeah. your shower and got ready. So yeah. they're greeted. It's my favourite really part mum. of the day, actually. I yeah. absolutely wouldn't trade my mornings now for anything. So funny, isn't it? Yeah, where you were saying about the whole, you really, really enjoy the mornings now, Kat. I would never, ever, ever have described myself as a morning person at all. Mm. 
And in fact, I'm not much of a night owl. I was more of a kind of midday kind of person, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> that was about my, that was my peak. <laughs> Build up to lunchtime and then wind down. Where now, I'm definitely a morning person, without a doubt. I, I started reading this book over a year ago and I give myself the weekends off, but midweek, I've, I can't think where I've missed a day. So six o'clock is my morning time. And it gets easier because your body clock adjusts to it. Yeah. Another thing that you, um, I haven't done the school run for so long, but, and this is a horrible admission, but there are some days where I've dropped my kids at school and they've got out the car and I felt like I could cry because it's been so horrible. And I felt like I wish they could get back in the car and I could like, say I'm so sorry I shouted so yeah. much or, and that is one of my worst feelings and it's, that sounds horrible to say but it's so crazy and um oh it's a horrible time of day and that's what made me think when you said that I thought that is something that I definitely need to change and I know that that's a common thing amongst amongst mums or people who are racing to organize other people as well as get themselves ready and, and it's just like a yeah it used to give me the rage I used to hate yeah. mornings I'm a very calm person by nature and I do not like to shout at my children none of us do but the morning was a real trigger for me trying to get out the house at a certain time and I think part of the frustration was actually deep down I knew it was preventable part of it was my fault that yeah I wasn't just getting up and getting organized yeah Makes yeah because you do you just shout about time don't you? you you're there kind of like hurry up hurry up hurry up you yeah, know? the bus isn't gonna wait for you Shut up! <laughs> yeah that is why actually I was the same in terms of really shouty and I used to think it was good to have night evenings get them to bed get them to bed so that I could have my evenings but it wasn't really working out for me in the evening because I was then once you're settling down to it I was just like I'm either quite tired now or I wasn't, I didn't enjoy the free, I don't enjoy that free time as much as I enjoy my free time in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it does yeah. become like a really special time that is just for you. Yeah, yeah, I know. So tell us, so you're reading this book and so you're still doing what you were doing. What then, what happened? Yes. So I was still at the college and I'd started reading this book and do you want me to run through the rituals, basically, of, of what you would do on a typical mm. miracle morning? Because part of the rituals is what really was the catalyst for change across yeah. so many areas. So you work through something called savers. So the S is the silence. And they say for the first 10 minutes, try and sit in silence. So I'd grab a quick cup of coffee and I would just sit down. I um, started meditating for the first time ever. And I downloaded an app called Insight, which is completely free to use. And you can search meditations um, within particular timescales. So I would search for five to 10 minute meditations. So the first 10 minutes, I would sit in silence with my cup of coffee and do the meditation. And then the A of savers are affirmations. And I felt so cheesy when I started doing those, even though there was nobody around to hear me. <laughs> But I just went with it. I embraced it. And I thought, in for a penny, in for a pound. So I had various affirmations like, I love my body. I'm confident. I'm strong. I'm happy. And I had these written down. And <laughs> I said them quite quietly because I didn't want to wake anybody in the house up. 
But I would do like, sorry, what's that? What did you just say? Hear myself. <laughs> what was that next... about your body, Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so then you come to V in the savers, and that's for visualization. And this is probably my favorite part of the savers. So I used Pinterest and made myself a vision board. And I pinned all kinds of images um, that really spoke to me. So me and my husband had always talked about, we'd love to have a cottage um, that was detached from neighbours and it was in the countryside. So I found, and it's quite fun just searching for the images and pinning them to your own board. Uh, I had a particular family holiday that we really wanted to go on. I had, oh, what else did I have? Um, oh, I'm trying to think now. Are they just like dream things? They weren't even, they didn't even have to be reality things, just things that you would dream of that you would really like to have in your life? Yeah, I, I suppose. Or do they have to be realistic? I think they need it's giving you well. a hope to wish for something, isn't it, that you want? And really, yeah, right. if you have, the point like, is if you have a vision of it, you, you, you can, can yeah, manifest that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like having a magic wand of what you would, if you could wish for. Maybe if money was no object, right. what would you like to have? So it might be a particular car that you would like to mm -hmm. drive. It might be a particular house that you've always dreamt, a holiday. It might be visiting a place that you've never been to before. Mm -hmm. And I started to pin these images on my board. And every morning I would look through my vision board as well. And it's just a reminder of what you would have if you could wish for anything it's almost like goal setting I suppose but just a visual way of doing that and then the E from savers is exercise so I would do a 10 minute pilates or yoga exercise routine which I would just do through YouTube so a lot of these things you're not having to spend any money on mm. and as long as you've got a mobile phone you can access it that way but again if you're one of those people where you don't want to use your mobile phone in the morning and you try and have that as a screen free time you could quite easily have your silence where you're not meditating through an app you could write down your affirmations that you want to say with your vision board you could cut out things from magazines or draw pictures or even write down your your wishes what you would like to have and exercise you could easily go for a jog or you could go out for a walk. It doesn't have to be within the house necessarily. And then the R from Savers is reading. So I like to listen to audio books. So I would usually pop in my headphones and work through various books that I had, or I would sometimes like look at TED Talks. So it doesn't necessarily need to be the written word. It can be an audio, anything that you can listen to that inspires you as well. Or if you didn't want to read, you could perhaps do journaling and do writing as well. But when you spend that hour each morning where you're looking at the things that you're wanting to have in life, and when you're taking that time just for you, and when you're energizing your body by doing some exercise, something just starts to make you feel more alive and more vibrant. It makes you really start to focus on actually, what do I really want in life? If I had that magic wand, what would I wish for? And then you start to think, how can I make these things happen? Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. 
We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. And how did you make them happen? How did they start to happen for you? So everything that I had on my vision board happened for me within the year. So I started one for 2019 and it was spookily accurate how, how many things on my vision board actually happened in really, really detailed ways. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I had on there our dream house which was a little cottage with no neighbours that had wisteria around the front door always wanted apple trees so there was a picture of apple trees on there we always wanted chickens so there's a picture of chickens on there we wanted a pond so there's a picture of there of a pond on the vision board as well we'd always said that we wanted to take the boys whilst they were old enough to enjoy it but young enough for it to be magical to go to Florida for a family holiday and we wanted to swim with dolphins when we we're out there. And we wanted to go to the NASA space station. We wanted to have a house which had an open fire and just so many things that we had on the board. It was at this point where I decided that I wanted to retrain and I'll go into that in a little bit in a moment, but I started to realize what I wanted to do job wise. And I added that to my vision board as well. So I'd started to build a little bit of a, a dream life, I suppose. And through looking at it in the morning, you think that it would be frustrating that you're not actually on that page, but it actually starts to become really exciting. And you start noticing signs sounds a little bit woo, but I think it's one of those cases, you know, if you, if you look at a particular car, then suddenly you see that car everywhere. Yeah. And the same thing happens with your vision board. Because I'd kind of put out there, only for my eyes, what I wanted. I started seeing all these little things that made me feel as though it was just a little bit odd how things were starting to come together. And because that was so interesting and strange, it made me more on board to start adding more things to my vision board. What else could I add? What else could potentially happen for me? And I'd spoken to my husband about everything that I had on the vision board as well. And I think he probably thought, oh, Lindsay's gone a little bit crazy. <laughs> Not only is she getting up really early, but suddenly now she's talking about holidays and dream cars. And <laughs> he was having a bit of a sweat. House. Yeah, I think he's starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> Put the house on the market. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Soon after I'd spoken to my husband about it, because I'd kind of explained to him the things that were on the board, he started to, see, started to see all these little signs about the things that I had on there as well. And we started dream searching on Right Move and we found the house. Oh that was my God. So, so identical to what we had on the vision board. It was a little cottage with two apple trees in the garden. It had a pond, it had wisteria around the front door like we wanted. Um, it had space for the chickens that we now have. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah, another thing that we we put on there a open log fire, and in the picture was mistletoe hanging above the fire, and we actually have mistletoe which grows on one of the apple trees. Oh, so, yeah, so we cut that last year and put that above the fire. We, um, my dad made the decision to retire. Part of losing the family members made him really think about, again, life is too short. He was working, he wasn't happy. He'd felt like he'd done more than enough time with the company. So he took early retirement and he worked for, a, for an airline, for a travel company. And part of his retirement deal was a significant reduction off the price of a holiday. And he suggested that we went to Florida. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so we did that last year as well. And we, we swam with dolphins. We went to the NASA space station. There's just been so many strange things that I don't think I will ever not have a vision board now. Oh my God. I love this amazing. kind of thing. Because I yeah. think it is, I believe in all this. And I, and I try and follow some of this what you've been doing because I just think it's really powerful it's energy isn't it it's yeah. energy into your subconscious I mean yeah. you've got this front part here where you have all your thoughts monkey brain whatever going crazy mm. but it's in here that you've got to get the beliefs into yeah definitely. you have to practice every morning saying what it is you want and um, you're a bit better that your Pinterest boards together I put one together on a cut out magazine kind of style old school but I put that together and things are happening with that so I do yeah. think if you if you've got it visually in your mind and you do look at it it's powerful it, it's yeah. about belief isn't it it's about keep repeating the same thing to yourself so that you do believe in it though yeah yeah definitely I have no idea how it works but it it really, really does. In fact, when I joined the Facebook group for Miracle Morning, time and time again, you're seeing these people saying, I really didn't think this would work, but this is what's happening. It is, if you, if you get up each morning and you follow the rituals and you keep working towards things on your vision board, you will progress so much quicker with the life you want than if you, if you don't ever try, if you don't ever start these rituals or read the book in fact one of the ladies who's on the facebook page has become a really good friend of mine we've never met in person but we we buddied up so every morning after we've done our savers we send each other a little message so she's actually the first person i speak to every morning even though i've never oh met oh my gosh yeah and her life is completely turned around as well so while you were going through this process it must have changed you from sort of a, a frenetic kind of, like Kat was saying, kind of monkey brain and, ah, oh, I don't feel settled, everything feels slightly off um, to the point where you are now. As you were going through that process, did your family notice the change in you as you began to enjoy, Elrod, the kind of miracle morning process? Did you become more peaceful? Did anyone say, you know, you seem much more you? Yes. It had such a knock-on effect within our family in the mornings because by the time the alarm went off for the rest of the family to get up, I'd already had my hour. I was already feeling really, really excited for the day. I had things going around in my head of, oh, maybe I could do this and this, this could get us to where we want to be. So I was feeling really, really excited because I'd just been looking at my dream life on my vision board of what I wanted. So I was in a, an amazing mood. I felt really boosted. I'd done my exercise. I'd had my coffee. So by the time the alarm went off, 
I was ready for the day. So then I could focus on the children. And instead of having a quick bowl of cereal, then perhaps I was putting a little bit more effort into sitting down with them and having perhaps a better breakfast as a family. And it had such an effect on the mornings. I'd gone from having two children that were, you know, having to run back into the house because they'd forgotten their school bag and I was shouting. And as you say, in tears sometimes. And the moment the door go, I'd be kicking myself thinking, oh, what a horrible start to the day. I hope this mm. will affect them at school. And, you know, think about it all day thinking, oh, I need to stop doing this. I need to get up earlier. I need to stop getting cross with them in the mornings. To completely flipping that to us having fun in the morning and being ready earlier than we needed to be so then we could actually sit down and play a game in the morning or we could walk the longer way to the bus stop it had such an effect oh, so yeah. it makes sense then that you say by doing this process you feel more alive because it gives potential to your day because it gives you a reason to you want to attain something it gives your day a meaning because oh, like yeah. you said yeah there's a purpose to everything you think if i do this today then i'll feel this later or i may achieve this so so each day has more reason for you to some days you wake up and think what's the bloody point oh and oh that you know there's just that feeling of not what's the point not like i'm going to do anything extreme but you know like what what's the what, what have I got to do today and you just run through a boring list and go oh and then before I know it, it'll be time to pick up the kids again and then uh, and then what am I going to cook for dinner and it just is a routine so your life has become an adventure a, a mission a, a, a something with a purpose yeah like you say I think sometimes you can feel quite stagnant I think routine is it's great to have routine but when it's been the same routine for so long yeah. It can feel, it can begin to feel boring and it feels yeah. a little bit like Groundhog Day, particularly now during lockdown. <laughs> yeah. But when you start doing the rituals and like you say, you've got that purpose to your life again, it feels like almost the, the second stage of your life. It becomes exciting and an adventure and it really kind of focuses you on perhaps what are the most important things. I mean, when I had my vision board, I had a car on there this year I haven't put the car on there because actually it's not something really that I think I'm probably going to get a huge amount for. I mean, we like cars. We all like nice things, mm. but that's probably not my driving force. You might find that there's some things done on your vision board that you achieve or you attain and there's things that aren't. And a car, I mean, I have got a car, but the car that uh, my vision board wasn't something I attained last year and it isn't one that I've transferred out to this year because it's not actually something that particularly excites me there's other things on there that I feel are more important it's not always the material things mm. so it sort of almost gives you that clarity of, of of like you say what you really are focusing on what you really do find important yeah mm. definitely and I think that's something probably a lot of people have had from lockdown anyway is we are so usually in a rat race of being perhaps money orientated, yeah. time short. And now suddenly a lot of us are spending more time than ever with our families and mm. enjoying the more simple things like baking or going for a walk. And it's things like that that have probably made me alter my vision board slightly. Right. 
I know this year I've got more experiences. There's more things that I want to do with the children. I think it's a good time in this lockdown period to set these rituals in though. If yes. you're not doing it, I think this is a brilliant opportunity to practice like the getting up early and having that time to yourself because I think once you're doing it for like a month or something, you do get really used to it. Um, and yeah. so by the time we have to go back to school and do all those things, it should be a bit more deep seated in you. Yeah, definitely. And I think another good reason to do it during lockdown when we're appreciating the, the simpler things in life yeah, for is sure. perhaps having things on your vision board that things that you want to continue when life does go back to its new normal. Yeah. So there might be things on the vision board that actually we've been doing recently. It might be, you know, going for a bike ride and you really enjoyed it as a family. You think, you know what, when we go back to the new normal, I really want to carry this on. I want to go for that weekly bike ride with my family. So they don't have to be expensive, elaborate things that you're going on there. Just things that give you some drive and some excitement when you look at the board. Yeah, it's like a heart's desire, isn't it? It's things yeah. that really, that you look at, it's, and it's things that you really want to happen. I find that it, if I'm thinking about something like that, and I'm putting that sort of belief into it, I, I try and think about things that really make my heart flutter, that yeah. make me excited, that give me that energy, because I believe this happens if you, you know, you keep thinking about things that you actually want, and you see things that you want. I think, you know, also it makes you feel more grateful about it as well. But the, the one thing as well that I think that it really helps with, it stops you from limiting yourself. Yes. Because that's what everybody does. You know, like they do it, people do it about money. People do it about all sorts of things. Like we all sometimes put limits in front of ourselves. But when you start to do this and when you start to visualize, if you're really honest with yourself about whatever it is that you want and you put it on your board, um, you start to lift the limitations that held you back from doing it before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How does that apply to you then? How did you um, pursue your passion and get to where you are now? What did you end up doing? So when I was doing the Miracle Morning, it became really apparent that there was a lot of things that I wanted, a lot of things that I already had that were you know, blessings, and so I was very, very happy about. But work was absolutely something that I knew wasn't bringing me any joy. I felt quite trapped there. Mm. I had that sudden realization that I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have mm. to work there anymore. I could find another job I don't like. That's not difficult, mm. but I could actually find a job that I really do like. And having that almost that second wind, like I say, that next stage in your life where I suddenly thought I don't have to carry along a path just because I'm so far along it. I could completely change what I'm doing. My children were old enough at that point where I didn't have to work so much around them. They're still young enough that they're off during the school holidays. I still want to be around for that, but I could potentially have put them in a before and after school club and I, I certainly wouldn't have felt guilty about that but when I was looking at other jobs that were term time or school hours either the money was quite poor or again it was another job that just didn't fill me with joy I just it didn't excite me it wasn't enough to leave my job to start something else that I didn't want to do so I started to really think about if I could have any job if I could do anything what would I love to do? 
and I started journaling about it and writing down words that could almost just describe the kind of job that I wanted. So I was writing down words like fun, enjoyable, nurturing, because that was still a part of my personality that I really wanted to keep in touch with, supportive, creative, fun, colourful. And I mean, I, I stopped when I got to colourful because it reminded me a few years prior when my children were young how I had seen a lady who was an image consultant and I'd had my colours done and it's a process where you're sat in a chair with no makeup on for an hour and a half and there's over 130 different coloured drapes that are put under your chin and taken away in quick succession and it absolutely blew me away when I had this session of how much of a difference colour made to my appearance. I had some colours where I instantly looked really, really tired. And you could see the circles under my eyes. There was slight shadowing. And then there was the next colour where suddenly I looked as though I was almost on holiday. My skin was glowing. Other colours where my eye colour stood out. And my eyes really popped. And I'd done this session, again, when my children were very small because I felt like I'd faded away a little bit into the background. I was living in black and grey clothes. They were very comfortable throw on baggy clothes easy to grab in the in the morning chaos before going out the door and my shape had changed a lot since having children as well so I felt like I'd lost myself a little bit at that point which was why I went to go and get my colors done and it was such an incredible life-changing service that I had and I really embraced color and I decided at that point I was never going to wear colors that didn't suit me anymore because my figuring was, if you're going to spend £10 on a top, you may as well spend £10 on a top that's the right colour for you, so that it enhances your appearance. And psychologically, colour has such a huge impact as well. So when I was writing down in my journal all these descriptive words of my ideal job, and I got to colourful, that was when I stopped and thought, that's what I would love to do. I would love to have the kind of job that that image consultant had, where she spent time with women, showing them how they can use colour to their advantage, how they can dress their body shape that has changed perhaps from having children or having gone through the menopause. And it just clicked. As soon as the thought was in my mind, I, that was it. That was like the light bulb moment of that's what I should be doing. It's funny actually, because I think when we last spoke, I said to you, I'd met a colour consultant years ago and I was very sceptical. I'm not going to lie. I was a bit like, what, what are you talking yeah. about? And like, and, Actually, she'd come and put this colour under my chin. And I was like, oh, I'm no, I would never wear that colour in like a million years. It was just because yeah. I was wearing black a lot or whatever. And somebody put that. And I was like, what? She? I remember going home to my husband going, oh, she chose this colour for me. <laughs> I haven't got anything that colour in my portrait. Hold on. I'm about to get to the good bit. Um, <laughs> five years later or ten years later, I'm bloody wearing that colour now. <laughs> Yeah. And it's one of the one colours that boosts me. But at the time, I was so blinking cynical that honestly, I was a bit like, what? Why would I pay somebody to tell me? Honestly, I was all of that. I was that person who was like, why would I pay somebody to tell me what colour to wear? Uh, you know, that it's so weird though, because you have a sweatshirt in that colour, which looks amazing on you. And you told me where you got it. And I went and tried it on. And I was like, oh my God, I look awful. <laughs> and that's when I realised. It's so personal. It's and it's bang on. 
And of course Kat's colour isn't going to suit me. She was so bang on with you, Kat, and that was so true. That that's when I realised, just because it looks nice on Kat doesn't mean it's going to look nice on you, Liberty. And I put it back on. It's funny though, isn't it? Because I don't know if you like me, Liberty, but I was a bit like cynical to that sort of thing. I was a bit like, why would I? And at that time I was like, why would I pay for that? I don't need somebody to tell me what colour I'm going to wear. You know, I was a bit, I was definitely a bit bullshit like that because I think sometimes people don't see the value in it initially because it's that, you know, like people think they should already know what suits them. They think they should know themselves already, but that's not strictly true. And I say yeah. that from experience. Mm-hmm. It's you know, so I've looked at good. pictures of myself and certain things and gone, my God, you look terrible washed out. And then I've got another picture with a, ni- a nicer colored top on and I'm like, you look quite nice in that photo. But you know, you really can tell the difference, can't you? Yeah, it, it has, yeah, it has such an effect, different colours. Like you say, you can see it from photos and that's something, you know, people can try from their own clothes and their wardrobe that they've already got just by trying a few different tops on in different colours and taking photos. You can generally see quite quickly whether they're the right colours for you or not. I've been wearing completely the wrong colours and it's funny you say that, Kat, because when she first started to go through the colours, I could see the colours were better for me, but my heart was sinking. So I was thinking, oh, but these aren't the colours that I would pick. I don't have these colours at home. I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure I like these colours. Yeah. But it absolutely won me over. And when I started wearing those colours, not only could I see that actually they were far better, but people started to notice and to compliment me on what I was wearing. Yeah. And then that really boosts your confidence. It also saves you a fortune in the long run because you become very picky about clothes. They can go into a store and very quickly see whether there's any colours, well, any clothes and colours in there that are right for you, or you can see that actually there's nothing in there for you at the moment and walk out. It makes you very picky, but it really, really focuses you on the clothes that actually are right for you, that make your skin glow, that make your eyes stand out, rather than the clothes that make you fade into the background. Yeah. It's very clever. Have you ever done it, Liberty? No, but I really should. And having a friend who does it as well, and now knowing Lindsay does it too, it's, uh, I know it's something I should do because I'm totally guilty of being one of these people going, yeah, I know what I look, I know what suits me, I know what suits me. And here I am sitting in an old gap grey workout top, <laughs> which I, I'm obsessed with grey, but I remember seeing a, a, that crazy, crazy lady years and years ago who did my EFT, who was like, almost like a witch, she was amazing. And she, she just randomly went, and stop wearing gray. And I was like, what? And she went, stop wearing gray. It's a nothing color and it's doing nothing for you. And I was like, okay. I clearly didn't listen, but it, it's so true. It's true. This is just, uh, you know, I'm in lockdown, <laughs> let me live. But I, I was like, yeah, I, I totally get it. And I have friends who've had their colors done and they're always saying to me, oh my, you look so much better when you wear colour. Oh my God. And really notice it. But you're right though, when you when someone notices it and then you get that positive like confirmation, mm. it, that that feels good. And then that, you know, that puts yeah. a smile on your face. And then that feeds into everything else. Because you yeah. know it's genuine. It's genuine. It's not, you know, it's not to make you feel better. It's because it comes from the it's genuine. I don't know what I'm trying to yeah. say, but I know when I consciously make a decision to make an effort and wear something that I wouldn't normally wear because I'm seeing these girls who always tell me to wear colour that they notice and I think I knew they were going to say something but they're genuinely not people who throw around compliments you know just because 
and then I think I, I'm, I'm glad I made the effort to wear some colour and then it makes me feel good and then there you go. Yeah and then when you start to have these items of clothing in your wardrobe where every time you're wearing them you're getting complimented it's an instant feel good factor when you put it on in the morning because you just know that it just yeah. works for you and you know what we wear and how we feel is so interlinked when you look good you do feel better you feel good so true and i'm very needy as well so i love a compliment <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's quite interesting even with lockdown i've spoken to a lot of ladies who have initially embraced wearing pajamas all day and wearing hoodies and sweatpants and that's absolutely fine you know it's okay. not often in life we get the opportunity to do this as long as you're enjoying it but I've had lots of ladies mm. getting in touch actually saying yeah, it's great for the first week but now I feel like I'm losing control of the way I look as well as everything else mm. yeah really starting to feel quite down about their appearance apparently we see a reflection of ourselves around 30 times a day so that might be a reflection in your phone obviously the mirror um, windows so if you're constantly seeing a reflection of an image that you don't like then subliminally that's really negative for our own self-image yeah that's so where interesting yeah where if you're wearing those clothes that you love and it's a cheerful color then you're having a constant lift those 30 times a day that you're seeing yourself yeah yeah that's so interesting as well because i think i used to wear not sort of moving from color for a second mm. i used to wear sort of oversized clothes all the time because i used to you know when i had body confidence issues so yeah. i think i used to wear big baggy clothes all the time just to hide myself and then when i started wearing clothes that actually fitted me the difference in how i felt was huge because yes. I think when I wear the oversize, I'd be like, sort of hide myself away and, you know, because I was trying to, you know, obviously trying to hide what my body or whatever. But then when I started to embrace myself a bit more and start to sort of love me, um, I started to wear, it, it sort of went with my mindset. I started to wear clothes that fitted me. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, and then I was yeah. like, actually, oh, you have got curvy booby shape or whatever. <laughs> where did they come from because I hadn't seen them for such a long time because you would always see me in a massive puffy hood, hoodie top or something and yeah you know and not only now, does that make you look bigger yeah yeah oh god it was you trying, me in size. if you're trying to hide your body you will start to hide yourself and you'll start to fade away and that's not a good place to be you want to be visible you want to be noticed yeah it's, it's such a shame to be at that point where a lot of women are, where they know that they have faded, around, faded into the background so much that nobody notices them anymore. Yeah, that's very common in menopausal women, isn't it? Or people post-menopause mm. who just feel like nobody is noticing them anymore, so they might as well not make any efforts to try and make it any different. And you do tend to feel just like, oh well, I'm done. No one's going to find me attractive or interesting or feel like I have anything to offer. But I do remember the same thing as you say, Kat, where I used to. Oh, when I'm skinny, I'm going to wear any dress I like. When I'm skinny, I'm going to be able to wear these shoes. When I'm skinny, and I'm never going to be skinny. And actually, since joining Well Life Tribe, I'd rather be healthy than skinny anyway. And now I'm just like, look, you're never going to be younger than you are today. You're no. not going to suddenly be, be skinny. Embrace it. Wear what the hell you want to wear. And like Kat said, when you suddenly do, people are like, gosh, you look, 
you look nice. And I think, what was I waiting for? What was I waiting for? So yeah. it is a lot to do with your, your, your mind, like Kat said, but yeah, it's not, I'm not going around in mini skirts and stuff like that. And I am a bit of a <laughs> lockdown, uh, lockdown tracksuit wearer, but definitely the days where I've put on the weekend when it was lovely and hot, I put on a vest and a long skirt and I didn't have trainers on for a change. And, and um, my kids were like, oh, mommy, are you wearing makeup? But I wasn't, but I think just because I, I just made a bit of an effort, suddenly they were like, mommy, my daughter kept kissing me. It was really funny, but I guess, I don't know. It, it's funny. And did you feel and better I, then? Yeah, I felt really, I felt much better. And it's funny what you say, Lindsay, about the reflection thing. As I walk, was walking, we were barbecuing and stuff. And as I was walking in and out of the back door, there's a big window there. And every time I saw myself, I mean, it was it been seven weeks and I've been wearing gym kits and hoodies and all that. Every time I saw myself, I was like, oh, I forgot that I was wearing proper clothes and actually wearing like a holiday outfit that I would take if I was going on holiday. And I was like, actually, you look better than I thought you would <laughs> because I've mostly just been, you know, eating and uh, watching Netflix. And I have been working out, but I just <laughs> thought I was basically like a big blog. And I put some clothes on and I was like, wow, my clothes still fit. And then I was catching my reflection going, see, you are still there. And, and yeah. the kids, the kids really responded to it. It was really funny how they were like, oh, mommy. Oh, lovely. Yeah. It's funny, like you say about the, oh, when I'm skinny and if I was mm. younger. And it's so true what you say about the age, because that's just fighting a losing battle. Yeah. We're never we're never going to be younger than what we are. No. So it's such a shame that society still places this view of youth and being skinny as the goal for looking beautiful. Yeah. Because it really isn't. I mean, I don't know if you saw recently the cover of Vogue with Judy Dench on there. Yeah, I was. I was yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. And she that was beautiful. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what size you are. Shape is really important. Knowing the clothes that flatter your body shape and the colours that are in harmony with your natural colouring. If you can get the colour and the style and fit of clothes right, you're gonna look incredible, however old you are and whatever size you are. Mm. And you look at me and Liberty now and suggest one colour you think would work for each one of us. Okay, so I mean Kat, you're wearing your colour anyway by the looks of things. Is that a sort of orangey red? It's a, a warm Yeah, like spine. a tomato red, yeah. You're wearing like a Breton top and it looks as though it's, it's cream with a orangey red stripe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've got very warm colouring, so that looks great. Liberty, I can't see you on the screen at the moment, so we're doing it on, the, on a Zoom call and you're not oh, on my yeah. screen, to be honest. Can you see me now? <laughs> I can see you. So oh, what colour, hello. <laughs> what colour are your eyes, Liberty? They're brown. Are they, are they dark brown? Yeah, my friend says they look like Maltesers. Mm, Maltesers. Okay, and you've got very dark hair as well, haven't you? Yeah, um, on the ends, <laughs> not the roots. <laughs> so really deep colours are going to look great on you. Right. So grey, if I was doing your colours, grey possibly wouldn't be in your palette of colours. Damn it. Okay. But <laughs> there are ways that you can rescue colours that aren't in your palette that you already own. 
So the closer a colour is to your face, the more important it becomes. So a grey polo neck jumper wouldn't be great, but a grey skirt or grey trousers are fine because it's, it's far away from the face that it's not going to have too much of an impact. So with your grey tops, if you were to add, say, uh, a scarf in a deep, rich colour, you're then getting one of your better colours closer to your face. Mm. So it's almost breaking up the, the colour isn't quite right and your colouring. But you could do the same with jewellery as well. If you have any sort of costume jewellery that has any um, gems or beading in there, containing colours that are better for you. Again, popping that over a top that isn't quite the right colour is enough to lift it, lift it slightly. Mm. But when you get your colours done, you're given a swatch wallet which contains 42 of your colours. So oh, wow. you probably, yeah, it makes it brilliant for shopping because you can take it out with you and just kind of get it out in the fitting room just to compare the colours of the tops oh. that you want to try on against the colours that are right for you. So if you were to get your colours done, I could pretty much guarantee you probably wouldn't buy another grey top because you would see so many other colours that are so much better for you. It but that doesn't good. mean that you need to throw away the grey tops. Like I say, there's ways you can improve it so that it's right for your colouring. Okay, a <laughs> few. Oh, I really want to do this now. <laughs> and you can dye clothes as well. If they're light grey clothes, then you can easily dye it to a deeper, richer shade. Mm. I'm, I'm very against fast fashion. So it's not about going out and suddenly having to blow a load of money on new clothes. There's always yeah. things you can do with the clothes you've already got. And then just gradually, piece by piece over time, start to purchase the clothes that are perfect for you. Mm, I'm with you there. I'm very big into um, secondhand shopping. I'm, yes. The thing I'm probably missing the most at the moment is um, Oxfam. <laughs> and uh, I love dyeing clothes. I've just dyed some of my son's clothes because he kept getting oh, past the sauce down the front of them. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Will. I'm with, you. I'm with you on that. I love charity shops. Oh. Oh, I love them so much. Yeah, you're so yeah. good at them as well, Liberty. You got my mm. daughter into it, didn't you? So she oh, now yeah. loves charity shops. <laughs> yeah, I take her with me. She's really into it. Yeah, it's the best. I, I love it. It's so fun finding something and repurposing it or finding something old and that needs a bit of love, a bit like me. Yeah. <laughs> Make, making it new again. And oh, I love it. It's really fun. My granny used to take me to all the jumble sales, so it's a bit like it's a bit like that kind of thing. Uh, and then your daughter will probably always carry on doing it as well. My mum used to take me to charity shops as well, so yeah. that's something that I was always really, really comfortable with doing. Yeah, yeah, because some people go, "Oh," but oh, yeah, I'm hoping that. that's that's changing over time. I think there's a bit of a trend for pre-loved nowadays. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think, I mean, back when we were teens, it was a real thing for not, you know, you shouldn't go out twice wearing the same outfit. It was yeah. really fast fashion then. So yeah. I think times are changing and people are being a little bit more savvy with their, their clothes and just their understanding of the environment. There's 11 million garments of clothes that hit landfill every single week. And that's yeah. just from England. Oh, just yeah. from England. It's just yeah, tragic. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. And it's such a shocking statistic. And I think people, when they're becoming more aware of it, are wanting to change that. Because it's, it's budget friendly as well. 
which is a big yeah. thing. We can save a lot of money by being more sustainable with our shopping and making that conscious decision to buy quality and buy right. But no, that doesn't mean that it has to be new. You can absolutely pick up those pieces that are pre-loved. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's a better way to do it. I mean, you get so many good things on eBay as well now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I've just got um, actually Juliana, who I get a lot of pre-loved clothes from. I just bought um, a blazer of her, actually. I don't know why, but oh, I'm going to wear it. I mean, what did I do that for? But I just haven't bought anything for like... <laughs> to go to Waitrose! <laughs> I'll just sit down and put it on now, you know. <laughs> but I was just like, it's a bargain, you know, like, and also I want to help a friend out in a business. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to get this blazer um, and wear it in the kitchen. <laughs> you can't go wrong with a blazer. No, yeah. well, that's the other thing. I don't really have many of them. So, Lindy, it has been so nice talking to you. And we basically oh, could keep talking to you. We're writing down notes of like, right, I'm going to wear this colour now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Do you want to let us know? Yeah, so my website is under construction at the moment, but I am very present on social media. So you can absolutely find me on um, Facebook or Instagram under Reimagize. And I just want to say thank you because you've given us some really, you know, food for thought. And I really hope that if people are listening to this, that, you know, that the ritual side of it has kicked in and the visualization. Um, I just love hearing that stuff because I just think it's really um, inspiring for people, especially at this time. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, Liberty. Do you think, I mean, I just love doing all that stuff anyway, but you're going to read the book now. So I want to hear some results. From yeah, you. exactly. I think the first time I heard about somebody doing a ritual and um, they were sitting right next to me and going, yeah, do you do affirmations? And I was like, oh my God, where's my phone? I need to Google what an affirmation is. Wasn't that long ago. So I think the fact that the Hal Elrod book is so accessible and it's also that it's um, a man who's had a real experience and is making these kinds of things so accessible, so easy to use. And that he's given someone like you the balls to say, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I'm going to have the guts to put it behind me. Despite everything you invested into it, um, and thankfully education is something that you can never have taken away from you and so much good came out of that but the fact that you could then say I'm going to do something I really love and I think our listeners can't see your face but you've got such joy in your face and it's obvious that you're doing what you love and I'm so gutted it's lockdown because otherwise I was going to come and see your chickens and oh. I can't wait <laughs> to fill my vision board with pictures of dogs now so um, I'm going to go off and uh, dream about my collection of dogs <laughs> Oh, enjoy making that. And thank you both so much for having me. Oh, You've pleasure. been so lovely. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It's been really interesting. And hopefully we'll see you again very soon. Lovely. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Lindsay. Bye. Bye.